Welcome to the Amazing Apps Show for Microsoft business applications creators who want to build amazing applications that everyone will love. Hi, I'm your host, Neil Benson, and my goal on this show is to help you slash your project budgets, reduce your delivery timelines, mitigate technical risks, and create amazing, agile Microsoft Dynamics 365 and Power Platform applications. This is a special bonus episode with a special guest to let you know about a special event taking place next week. It's called DynamicsCon, and I reckon it's going to be the biggest, most interactive online community event this year. It's got tracks for Power Platform, Finance and Operations, Customer Engagement, and Business Central. Here to tell us all about it is Molly Fuchel. She's the event director working with its founders, John Stipula and Jake Roder, to host the event next week. It's on Wednesday, the 9th of September through Thursday, the 10th of September, with sessions kicking off at 9 a.m. U.S. Central Time. I hope you're listening to this episode with enough time to register. Registration is free, and you can register at dynamicscon.com. It takes less than a minute to register, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Jump over to dynamicscon.com and register now while you listen to my chat with Molly. Here she is. Welcome, Molly, to Amazing Applications. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Neil, for having me on the Amazing App Show. I'm glad to be here today with you. Molly, what I like to do is to get to know our guests a little bit better with a couple of easy questions. They're going to be softball questions. They're going to get much harder from here, but tell us about what you had for breakfast this morning. Sure. So I had a wonderful apple cut up and ready to go with a little peanut butter for myself. And then I forgot about it on the counter. (laughs) And so my my breakfast sure looked delicious this morning, but I forgot to eat it. So (laughs) otherwise I just had a little coffee this morning. (laughs) Great question. So there's gonna be a healthy snack waiting for you when you get home? I do, I do. Or my dog snatched it off the counter. That might've been what really happened. (laughs) I hope not. And tell me about your first job after school and how you got that job. I'd love to find out more about your current role as well and what you're doing today. Absolutely. So this is a fun question. I'm going to tell you one of my very first jobs when I was um, in high school going into college was I worked at a flower shop and I learned so many things about creative design in a flower shop because this was before... Yeah, this was before you had a lot of graphic design software and things like that, which they now incorporate into floral design. But my job was really to clean up and bleach out pots and coolers of flowers and all the kind of, you know, honestly, shoving dirt around the shop and things like that. It was that dirty, dirty, get your hands dirty kind of work. And I loved it. And I learned so much from the the women and the men there. And I would I would just say if um, if anyone has the chance to ever go into the back of a flower shop, it is so fun. They do so many cool things and love the experience. I was there as long as possible until I took a big girl job. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, that's uh, that's fascinating. My experience of flower shops is, you know, twice a year, just before my wife's birthday, <laughs> and just before Mother's Day. That's wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you're still a visitor. And 
I still get flowers. I don't live there. It's my hometown, but I still get flowers delivered locally to my family from that flower shop. They're a four generation uh, flower shop and they just, they do an outstanding job and I go visit them once in a while. It's just fun to see them. So yeah. Fantastic. And tell us about your role today. So today I am working on this little thing called Dynamics Con and it's exciting and it's been quite an adventure and I have to say it's been one of my most favorite work memories of all times. It's wonderful. So technically uh, my, my role is event director. I go by all kinds of things, event manager, get it done girl, that kind of thing. So I am happy to do whatever I can to make Dynamics Conic success, as many of you know, or maybe you don't know if you haven't heard of our event um, for the Microsoft Dynamics and Power Platform users created by John Stipula, who reached out to me and said, I want to build a new community and I want to start off by uh, bringing out this kind of having a red carpet moment for Dynamics Con, a virtual free event. And I said, well, I sure like community and I sure like when things are free. So I Sign me up. I'd love to help. And it's been a really incredible learning experience. And I'm so thankful for it and for all of the people I've had the opportunity to meet, including you, Neil. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, um, I have to say, I'm really impressed with the level of professionalism that you're bringing to this. this is your first ever conference, it's the first time you guys have put this on. And it's just head and shoulders above almost anything else I've been involved with. There's a couple of Microsoft events where there's a similar kind of investment behind them. But I have to say, DynamicsCon seems pretty slick so far. We're just a week away, so people have a chance to register after listening to this show. But tell us about the scale of the event. How many speakers have you got? How many registrations are you expecting? I'd love to find out more. Yes. yes. So um, just to kind of give you some scalable measures. So we, John Stipula created this. He was the curator of the event with his cohort, uh, Jake Roeder, Jacob Roeder, who many of you may also know in our space. And we really, again, this all stirred up maybe four months ago, which is a very short timeline to execute, plan and execute it in event, even in a virtual environment versus an in-person. That's a very short timeline from a project and event planner, such as myself, who has worked on several other build-out project plans for events. And I think the biggest thing that has driven a lot of this success is we just said yes to things. We said, yes, we know what the community wants. Yes, we hear you. Yes, we know we all need to pivot and acclimate to the environment this year. And we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about the reasons not to do it. We just kept moving forward with the things that we want to do and what people want to see. So um, going back to your question about the numbers, so um, giving a little more history on the timeline, the event website, the full website launched at the beginning of July, which allowed us to uh, take in session submissions from speakers, which we had been collecting with just a landing page the month of June. And then when our full website launched in July, we ended up having 231 session submittals, which I thought was really fantastic for maybe a six week period. Yes. And then of course, our the foundation of our event, again, is for community by community. So we had voting uh, being the driving factor for how sessions were, which sessions were going to uh, determine the conference agenda and the conference build out. So those sessions were voted on by our new and growing community. And we had over, now every participant was able to vote up to 12 times per track for all of their sessions with the four tracks that we have, BC, CE, 
FNO and Power Platform. <laughs> I, I have an admission to make, Bolly. I, I dished out all my votes and then I had to move some around. So I had to take some off Joel Lindstrom and Nick Dolman. I had to take, take my votes away from them and give them to far more deserving presenters. Oh, so, that's okay. Sorry, guys, but Molly only gave me 12 votes. Yeah, blame it on me, for sure. I'll take that one, for sure. Um, and I, I love that because actually a lot of people reached out to me, which is something I guess I didn't think to communicate uh, or overly communicate anyway was, can you move your votes once you made them? People were pretty sure that once you made them, you couldn't go back and switch them. But here's Neil. He can switch his votes in the middle of the night six times if he wants to, six nights in a row, which it sounds like he might have been doing, which was perfectly acceptable. So um, it was fun. People really got into it. We almost had 11,000 votes submitted for a page that only really existed for one month. So that was really, really fun. Um, and then again, the top. Uh, six functional, six technical sessions that were voted on with the top votes were the, the sessions that made it onto our conference agenda. So it's just been really exciting. I mean, if you're going to say and take the stance of really community driven, then that all starts with the conference agenda and what content you're delivering to people. It starts with the community deciding that intent and that learning, uh, those learning tracks and sessions. So now you've done a, you've done a good job, I think, between balancing those community votes, which will tend to aggregate towards people who are well known in our community. And you've done a great job of bringing on new and upcoming speakers as well. So it's not just about the community votes. There's obviously some strategic intent behind some of that. I think you've done a really good job balancing that diversity aspect, as well as giving people a chance to vote on the most popular content. So good job. Oh, I thank you. Neil, you're so full of compliments. This is such, I'm so glad I came on your show. (laughs) Well, we're doing this early in the morning and I've had a coffee already. (laughs) Well, and I will say, um, we have really taken a lot of direction from Donna Sarkar, our keynote, and she is so much of the belief system and pattern of don't just say you're going to do it, just do it. And that really matched our motto of let's just do it and we're going to commit and then we're going to figure out how to get there along the way. But let's just commit. So she really uh, helped us and guided us in helping those underserved dynamics and power community members and really finding those great speakers. And I've had the opportunity, Neil, to probably sit in on 85% 85% of this, the, the pre-recorded sessions, and then my colleague, Abby, uh, Abby Corson was the one who said, and on the other 15%, I would say, and the speaking quality, the, the presentation skills, the deliverables, what the speakers are covering is amazing. It's such great content. The expression content is king really will show through on September 9th and 10th next week. I'm so excited for people to see it. To finish answering my my long-winded answer for you, going to our today's stats, the last time I looked today, we were at 5,225 registrations. By the time uh, Neil quickly turns around this podcast and it's ready to publish, we'll probably be at 5,300 registrants. It's so amazing, and we are so thankful. Yeah, fantastic. That is amazing. I was interested in the decision behind pre-recorded sessions. Obviously, it gives you and the production crew a chance to build this great quality, both audio and video. And as a presenter, it takes some of the pressure off as well because I can pre-record my session, re-record a little bit of it. But obviously, it might detract from some people's expectations that most conferences 
both online and in person, are presented live in in one take. Have you had any pushback from anybody around the idea of doing pre-recorded sessions? We, um, and I hope this speaks to the way we've tried to be A, transparent and B, almost overly communicative to our attendees and our presenters and our whole audience. Um, The way we positioned it is exactly what you said, Neil. This allows the sessions to be clean, crisp, and it allows you to do redos. And can we do that over? Can I say that over? Oh, I, this stop this widget stopped working for me. Can we give it a second and I'll redo it? And then we can cut all of those nuances out. So it's, it's a very smooth, seamless presentation for 40 minutes. It's actually very hard in a live environment to have a seamless presentation, even from the most seasoned and experienced presenter. Things happen that are out of your control sometimes. Um, We've had it where (laughs) today I just saw a little kitty cat come onto the screen on someone's lap. I mean, things just happen. And we were doing a video recording as as well as screen share and audio. So things happen, which I, I actually think some of that is very authentic and we should always keep pets and children in these shots. <laughs> but but um, yeah, we, we actually did not get a lot of pushback and to complement the live environment and to find the compromise at the end of every one of our sessions at Dynamics Con, we have an approximately 10 minute live Q&A where you can ask the speaker questions and they can uh, verbally and visually answer you. And then during the sessions, while the pre-recorded session is playing, we have a live conference chat that's running the entire time that allows the audience and the presenter to connect directly. So again, trying to keep that, like you said, Neil, in absence of, a, of an in-person environment, trying to make it as live and engaging as we build our new community as possible. Oh, yeah, that, that's great. I knew that level of detail was still being worked out, but I hadn't heard that before. So that'll be awesome. Well, the good news is that I'll be there to interact with the audience yeah. who are watching and you listening sure to will. my presentation. <laughs> Well, in Australia, you've you've scheduled my session at 3 a.m. local time, so that's going to be an early start for me. I will have a cup of coffee and do my best to be on good behavior. Thank you, Neil. You can you very much encourage people to have fun, so you just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. As long as I don't have to turn on my webcam at 3 a.m. in the morning, I'll be good. If you don't want to, you do not have to, sir. <laughs> I love it. One of the benefits of online events that I'm finding, especially Events like DynamicsCon, where there's multiple tracks and different sessions. In an in-person conference, if I ever find myself in the wrong room for whatever reason, you're, let's say you're trapped in the middle of a row, it can be really hard to sneak out. Um, In a virtual event, it's great because, you know, if this isn't quite the session I was expecting, (laughs) I need to dip over into John Levesque's session instead, or, well, I need to be, let's say, Joel Lindstrom. No, that's unlikely. But somebody (laughs) might need to be in his session. So that's great. One of the things, though, particularly if it's an all-day event, it's a little bit harder to block out my time. I get distracted by emails and client requests and support issues. How do you think, well, what's the best way for attendees at DynamicsCon to balance the benefits of that online event experience along with minimizing the distractions? What would you encourage your attendees to do? That's a great question. So I have to comment because I actually made that same commentary today with our marketing team. I said, now remember... People can bounce from track to track while sitting in their pajamas if they want to. They're not jumping from conference venue building A to conference venue building B 20 minutes away. Like it's it's such a nice environment and it's so convenient. So to answer your question of 
how to kind of manage and balance that. So the biggest thing I can say is we we really tried to, again, over-communicate that you are welcome to, you register once and you are in the whole conference. You can bounce around between all four of the tracks. You can bounce around between two and life will happen. Your email will happen. Some of you may be inadvertently being homeschool teachers next week and just the way, depending on where you're located and you may need to focus on what's, what's going on at home or you may get a phone call, so on and so forth. So the beauty of what we're doing with DynamicsCon is again, it's free to attend the conference, but it's absolutely free to view all of the session content on our YouTube channel following the event. So that again was to the biggest advantage and, and benefit of exactly what you described, Neil. You can't see it all, all day. And we were very aware of the realisticness of the environment people are in. Again, they might be homeschooling and might be wearing a teacher hat right now. And so um, that gives you the ability to go watch sessions that you missed, go watch sessions in multiple tracks, or just go re-watch a session. I when I have been at similar conferences in this space before, I see people anxiously writing notes and begging for the slide deck afterwards and waiting and waiting and waiting and they feel like they missed it. And when you miss it in a live environment, you miss it. It's You don't get the chance to get it back. So the YouTube component with publishing all of our content and we have several sessions that were close to getting voted on the agenda that will also be published on our YouTube channel as just additional content. Ah. Every Yeah, everyone has access to that for free after the conference, just Dynamics Con channel on YouTube. So great question. Oh. Great. Well, one of the things I'm doing is to let my team, my clients know that I'm at Dynamics Con next Wednesday and Thursday. Fortunately for me, it's at 1 a.m. until about 7 a.m. in the morning. So I'm probably not going to miss <laughs> too much work. But just to let people know, block out time in your calendar, let people know that you're going to be there. Just like a, a real conference, you know, I would be going to Memphis or going to Singapore. I'm going to be out of the office, so to speak, and I'll be checking my Yay. messages just for emergencies. But other than that, I'm busy. I'm at a conference. So I'd encourage everybody to do that or, or something that. like that. That's great advice. I'm going to use that after this. That's I. Somebody else mentioned that, and I, it might have even been Joel Lindstrom that mentioned it um, in a Twitter post and said, I've blocked my calendar out. This is like a real conference. So that's great. And I'm going to use that. Thank you for that reminder, Neil. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, two of the things I miss most about live in-person conferences. Yeah. One is the expo hall. I don't know how many other attendees are like this. Maybe it's just me, but I get quite excited when the yeah. doors open for the expo hall. I kind of rush in. Who's here? Who haven't I seen before? Who are the cool ISVs that are up and coming? I want to see some demos and check out the people behind them. I really miss that. I don't get enough of that at virtual conferences. And then the other thing is just the accidental meetings you have with people. You might already know them online or you might be meeting them for the first time in person. And those little kind of happenstance, random meetings that you have with people you may not know or, or you may already know. How do you think we can address that in a virtual environment? Do you think we can ever make that happen? That is a great question. And again, to be fully transparent at DynamicsCon, we will have, so our the way we're addressing it for our first conference is um, a little bit more minimalistic. It's very informal. We have multiple breakout networking sessions, and we wanted to be able to offer that environment to our attendees who do what you said, Neil, say, oh, I met you. I know your name. Do you want to, you know, and then you can have a little side conversation because otherwise they might not get that opportunity to connect in the same place at the same time for months. 
So we want to be able to offer that. So we do have, again, very informal networking breakout sessions, but they're going to be fun. Um, check them out. So we have Foyan doing uh, transforming and building community. So she's going to do a great session for us during the networking hour. If you just feel like sitting back, Neil, with your coffee as you're waking up in the morning. So we did offer that as well. Now to answer your question again with the the expo halls. So there are virtual expo halls. It was not in our budget to offer that as a conference experience for our not our inaugural event. It is something we're probably going to explore for the next event, plug for the next event. <laughs> and yeah, so we're excited because I think there is value there. I think people still want to connect. And just like you said, Neil, the expo hall is amazing. And there's something about the in-person expo hall. I think I could have a career just working in an expo booth at an expo hall. It's so fun. And there's so much energy. You, you're, you'll sleep really well, usually at night, if you've been in an expo hall all day under those lights and everything and all the sounds, but it's kind of like a casino if you've ever been to a casino. <laughs> um, but it's fun. And it's you just meet so many people that you may recognize their name and you may not and you may make a new best friend. I, I love seeing the people make connections and expo halls. And I, I hope that we can find and I bet we will because we just we don't really say no around Dynamics Con. I think we'll find really fun ways to roll that out as we progress with these events. Can you tell me about the sponsorship process? Yes. Whenever I think about putting on an event, one of my fears is Will I get enough sponsors to cover my costs yes. and make this thing a viable event? But on the other hand, there's dozens or maybe even hundreds of ISVs out there in the Microsoft community who are struggling to reach new audiences, and they are missing the big global in-person events that they would normally have sent people off to. And so maybe maybe they've got some budget set aside, and they're ready to make those investments, and they want to help us learn about their amazing solutions. What's it been like finding a few sponsors for your event? Has that been smooth, attracting great sponsors? How's it been? It has been wonderful, would be my first word to, to classify it. And I would say, again, that we are so lucky in our situation. So we had quite a bit of sponsorship commitment um, to help with our to help make this event possible honestly right away in the beginning these were people that John Stipula has had wonderful relationships over the years with and they believed in his vision they believed that he would find a great way to execute and he's done both of those things um, and then we brought on honestly a lot of this is thanks to my teammate Liz Hallen we brought her on who is our sponsorship director many of those, of you that are listening to this podcast may recognize her name. She did sponsorship uh, management and fulfillment at Dynamic Community. So she's very well connected in the space. I, I love Liz. I've actually worked with Liz at Dynamic Communities myself when I was there for years and she's wonderful at what she does. And she's just really helped sell the story of what Dynamics Con is and just really um, drive home the importance. And, and to your point, Neil, this, is, this event is all possible because of those sponsorship dollars we have. Um, John and, and our financials are all very visible for anyone to see. We will still lose money on our operating costs in the end, but we came so close to covering them all thanks to our amazing sponsors. So again, we are so thankful for them. We love having them. And, and as a thank you, Liz and I really try to go above and beyond in our deliverables back to them and giving them updates on being, again, transparent about information with how the event is going and just honestly communicating on a very regular basis. So they feel like their investment is really worthwhile. And that will always be our stance. Yes, 
again, financials will all be listed after the event. Everything will be very, very public and very transparent. Anything that we do have, any proceeds, and then, of course, just some of our personal donations and speakers are paid and they have the option to donate to Direct Relief is the organization we chose for our COVID-19 donation. Again, we are a not-for-profit group. The event is not-for-profit, so any type of profit we have will all be donated, which really sold me on this whole concept because that, to me, speaks community when you can give back. That's what community is. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I really appreciate the fact there's an opportunity for speakers to receive a little bit of compensation for the yeah. time and effort they put in. My yeah. speaker fee is going towards my company's chosen charity. It's called 1% yes. for the Planet. So we yes. support national parks around the world. I'm a huge fan of our national parks, both in the US, the UK, oh, and, and Australia as well. So my speaker fee oh, is going towards that. I think, yeah, I just... I love the transparency around your financials. That's wonderful. And it gives everybody a reassurance that it's all above board. I love that openness. And, and so I applaud you for that. Um, tell me about your vision for DynamicsCon 2021. You just dropped the scoop that there's going to be another show. What's your vision for DynamicsCon yeah. for next year? Can you tell us anything more about that? Yes. Well, let's see. I mean, my immediate thought that came to mind was bigger, faster, stronger, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, We will have three full days of content. There will be five tracks. So we're including Dynamics GP. We might even include a sixth track. I just want to see us be able to build out the networking piece throughout the whole three days where people from around the world can connect again, bringing home that sense of community and togetherness. And I, I unfortunately... I personally do not believe that come March is when we're looking at uh, March 2021 that the world will be as it once was entirely. I just don't foresee that happening. So again, that need to connect with people. So I hope that we are able to really build out the uh, instant communications amongst uh, speakers and attendees, attendee to attendee, attendee to me kind of thing. So you can connect with anyone throughout the whole thing. And then beyond that, it really, um, it, I will just say, if you want to be a committee member for DynamicsCon 2021, please send me an email kind of thing, because that's where we get our wonderful ideas. And we listen. We listen to those ideas because they only make our conference better. Oh, so hold on. I just learned that there's the next event's going to be for three days. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's going to be more time zone friendly for outside yes. of the US, which is yes. exciting for Australians. Yes. And it's it's only six months away. So you, you weren't envisaging this as an annual event. You're going to do it more frequently than that? Yes. We hope to do two of these each year. That is our that is our plan. Yes. So we're again, Neil, we just we just say yes, we commit and we figure out how along the way. <laughs> well, you know, good for you. I think, you know, I think it's gonna be a, a wonderful event. I'm really looking forward to next week. I've had a lot of pun putting my session together. And yeah, I'm just super excited. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much for the opportunity. and thanks. session really quick. I'm going to interrupt you. Tell, to pump your own session a little bit, Neil. Tell everybody what you're presenting on. This is your podcast. You can do that. Well, <laughs> well, that's a great question, Molly. I'm glad you asked. Uh, I'm going to be doing um, my sessions called Tell Me a Story. It's about advanced proven practices for managing your business applications backlog. So if you're taking an agile approach to implementing Dynamics 365 or Power Apps or Power BI, then you might have a product backlog, which is a a list of ordered requirements. I'm going to give you some advanced strategies like user stories and user story mapping and all sorts of other techniques that 
have really worked for my teams over the last 10 years um, and I've helped them to build amazing applications. Oh, good. Oh, well, we're so excited to have you. You're on day two of our conference, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the important thing is it's at 3 a.m. <laughs> well, everyone, catch Neil at 3 a.m. Australian time <laughs> uh, for his Tell Me a Story session. It will be great. And I know Neil has a very large following, and I anticipate the audience will reflect that as well. well. One of the things I'd love to know, Molly, I don't know if you can tell where your registrations are coming from, but it would be great if next year you could give all your speakers like a, a referral code. So I could add that to my DynamicsCon oh. URL in my content so that you can track that, you know, Neil Benson's introducing far more people to DynamicsCon than, than you know, Joel Lindstrom yeah. ever has. <laughs> So, you know, you can have a, a leaderboard of people who, you know, Yay! are promoting DynamicsCon. Oh, I love that idea. Oh, I feel like we have to do something like that. That's a really fun idea and it's super interactive. I love that. I love, we love having fun at DynamicsCon. So especially the fun ideas, pitch those our way. I think that's a really great idea, Neil. I'm going to bring that back. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. You you, um, you probably aren't aware, but there's been all sorts of behind-the-scenes shenanigans, particularly amongst the <laughs> business applications MVPs. Um, I was not I would aware. Say, I wouldn't say the voting was necessarily rigged, but but there was a bit of friendly competition among some of the MVPs. And, you know, some of them work Absolutely. for very big companies and they have a lot of co-workers to vote for them. And others like me are independent. So we have to work a little bit harder to get yes. some votes. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, good. Yeah, we, um, I don't want to say too much, but we might even be doing voting. So it really, really speaks again to that fairness level as much as possible. So we, we've been hearing the messaging around making voting as fair as possible and transparent as possible. And we're listening and we're currently creating. So I love that. That's a, <laughs> I did hear about the little bit of banter behind the scenes as well. And I loved it. It was great to hear. I love when the competition is fierce. This is good. <laughs> well, hopefully it makes us all better, faster, stronger, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Molly, thank you so much for joining me on the Amazing App Show. Thanks, Molly. It's been wonderful having you on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day as you sip your coffee for the morning. That was Molly Fuchel, Event Director at DynamicsCon. Don't forget to register today and I'll see you in my session, which is at 12 noon US Central Time on Wednesday, the 9th of September. That's... Uh, 3 a.m. for me on Thursday. Click on my session at dynamicscon.com slash agenda and you'll be able to add the event to your calendar. I can't wait to see you in there. In the meantime, keep sprinting. Bye for now.